Amen. That's all the people that I owe money. Let everybody stand. Let everybody stand. We're going to read scripture while we stand, and then we're going to pray together. I always like to see my victims, the lights. Well, uh, Pastor JC and Miss Kimberly, away at a conference. Uh, it'll be this evening. It's a large conference in Las Vegas, and uh, hope they have a good time. <laughs> They're not in Las Vegas. They're in North Carolina with a legacy ministry conference. And so I'm here to fill in today. Uh, glad you're here. Embrace the weather and the rain. I always, as a pastor in the past, wondered why it only rained on Sunday. Why can't it rain on Wednesday? If there's going to be snow, hadn't been for 100 years, it'll come on Sunday. But you're here done well. Now, I don't like to need to get this out of the way. I don't like to mix secular with spiritual. And I know that, you know, there's a Super Bowl game tonight, go 49ers. And I'm not going to tell you how I feel, go 49ers. I, I like to leave it out of the pulpit, 49ers. But if you want to know how I feel, see me after church. You had not gotten it yet, then you probably won't get it. So we like to bless those among us and in our other campuses who have served and are serving in the military. We like to bless those who are joining us by way of uh, the internet, social media. And we like to bless especially uh, those who are part of our other campuses. And so we are here, one's in Maryland, the other is in West Atlanta. Just a growing church family. And we do that by giving them a hearty round of applause. Join me and let's do it with some energy. Come on. Do it with some energy. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for that. Uh, the scriptures for this morning will most likely be on the screen. And they are found if you would like to look in your Bibles. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, it'll be the first 14 verses. We won't get very far in this reading without which you will realize where we're headed today. And it's a good thing. So while you observe on the screen, if it's there, I'll read out loud to you. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive me many and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places and all these are the beginning of sorrows then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake 
And then many will be offended. They will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached unto all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. That won't be a bad thing for those who have us saved. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I always am encouraged by your prayer for me, and I hope you are by my prayer for you. This I've done it in the past, and I'll do it the same way if you don't mind. You will in a moment stretch your hands towards me and pray for me above a whisper, and I'll stretch my hand in your direction and pray for you. And if we agree together over one thing, it shall be done. So do so now. Would you stretch your hands in my direction and give me the honor of your prayers. Father, I thank you that we are one in Jesus. Now we come to reaffirm our commitment to be one in the Word. and We'd like to be like-minded in the Word. There are people who need to be healed, encouraged, lifted up. There are people who need the joy of the Lord. They need a revitalization of the Holy Spirit. Do that all for us in this setting. And we thank you for blessing us for your sake. Can everybody say amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to choose for a subject, the signs of the soon return of Jesus. And uh, I really must tell you that it would be on my part a spirit of blindedness if I couldn't see the evidence of the subject all around me. Since COVID, I've been noticing an intensity of the evidence of the signs of the coming of Jesus. And upon observing that, I, I really looked for some other things that I thought I could speak on that would be less intensive and more you like him preaching. I couldn't find it. So I'm going to risk it that you're going to like me anyhow. I can think of two reasons why these verses are in the Bible. The reasons are found in the first three verses of our text. The first of the two reasons why these verses are in the Bible is to reignite our walk with God. Sometimes our spiritual enthusiasm wanes. Jesus said that our relation to him would be upon our conversion like a bride and a bridegroom. He calls us the bride. And when I look at the masculine gender of the bride of Jesus, I'm concerned that he didn't get it right. He is the bridegroom, we are the bride. And in this business of being married, if you've been married for any reasonable length of time, there are on occasions the uh, need to, to reignite the first love of you of course, your spouse being your first love. Reignite Some of the passion, enthusiasm is gone. I remember soon to be, it was 45 years ago that Valerie and I have been married. We married young, age two. <laughs> I used to, the malls, the, the shopping malls, 
I may know what that means. You know, a lot of stores under one roof. Kind of thing. And I didn't have a lot of money. and I don't know why we were in the mall. Maybe it just looked good to be together. When I picked up Valerie, I would, of course, go to the passenger side front seat of car. We hadn't married yet, but we were headed that way. Open the door, make sure she was secure. Close the door. When we go to the mall, I'd run ahead of her and open that door entrance. Yeah. You ever heard a little Lord Funk Leroy? I, uh, I remember that upon those kinds of occasions, uh, going to the mall, we just hold hands. And even though our hands and palms were sweaty, we weren't going to turn loose because we may never do this again. I remember that I was always broke as a student at Lee University and didn't have a lot of money, but I wanted to impress Valerie by taking her out to eat, so we'd always go to Crystal's. <laughs> Crystal's. Right, Val? But somehow, over the last 45 years, she got her own car and I got mine. And I'll see you at the mall. Uh, honey, would you open that door for me? Because... <laughs> And have you got any money to buy my dinner? Now, I'm going to tell you something else, okay? Something that happens in our house, I never intended to happen 45. Never! She knows everything about the money I don't. <laughs> Honestly. I see Mr. Amazon come every day to our house. <laughs> He's bringing dog food, and we ain't got no cat, thanks God. He's bringing all... So I'm saying, every once in a while, she'll say, well, I used to take out the trash in our first apartment. Yeah, and once in a while, tongue-in-cheek, she'll say, where's that man I married and when we lived in that apartment that took out the trash? Igniting. I need some more fire. Don't say nothing, Val. I just need some more fire. That's the way it is with Jesus sometimes. Need some more fire. The second reason why these verses are in the Bible, they are to re redirect our attention back to God. How many know there are times when our attention is on the wrong thing? Say amen. How many know that there are times when our attention is on the temporal thing rather than the eternal thing? Sometimes our attention are on things that pass away when we need to spend more time on the things that are eternal. So I've come to discover that nothing will reignite our walk with God or direct our attention back to God like the exposure to the truth. And Jesus said it this way, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And when we know the truth, we don't have to worry about reignited because it comes naturally with the truth. There's a timeline they'll put on the screen in just a moment. And I ask that it be put there so that we just have an immediate reminder or knowledge about where we are in God's timeline, God's frame of when he's coming back and when he first came. And so I won't belabor it because some of you already know this, but I want to, uh, I want to uh, remind ourselves of it. First coming of Jesus, left hand of the screen, the cross under him. That was the coming when Jesus was born as a baby in a manger. That was the coming, his first coming, when he ministered for 33 years. That was the coming when he died on the cross for our sins, came out of the tomb, ascended to heaven. Prior to ascending to heaven, he said in John 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. He said, between the time I leave you now and I come back, I want you to tell the world, I'm 
coming back and you get ready. It's been 2,000 years. We are overdue for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are no more signs, no more fulfillments, no more scriptures that need to be fulfilled before Jesus comes in the rapture. Like you see there, he's coming in the clouds. His feet won't touch the earth that time and he will call us all away. The dead in Christ shall rise and those of us who are alive and remain shall caught up, be caught up with the Lord in the air. That's, that's the rapture. Snatching away the word rapture. Then there is the seven years tribulation. While we are with the Lord through the means of the rapture, those who are born again with the Lord seven years at the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven, the earth will be in seven years of tribulation. You see it there. First three and a half years will be known as tribulation. The last three and a half years will be known as the great tribulation. You don't want to be here. Take my word for it. Take the Bible's word. After, after the seven and a half years, Antichrist comes on the scene, a battle of Armageddon, etc. We come back down to earth with Jesus, all of us who went up with him in the rapture. And we start a thousand years of peace. The lion will lay down with the lamb. There'll be no more war. There'll be, there'll be no sin and devastation and thousand years with Jesus. After a thousand years with Jesus, there is the great white throne judgment where those who denied Christ through the ages will be cast into hell and those who received him will go off into eternity to rule and reign with him. That is happening even the part between the church and the rapture happening rapidly. Can I, can I get a witness, somebody? Now, here's what I found about studying the word of God. It is interesting to me that when God gets ready to do something on the earth, he always forewarns us prior to that intervention. I'll put it this way. When God gets ready to do something on the earth, he sends some signals that are designed to prepare us for what he's going to do. Case in point, number one. God warned the world before he sent the flood to destroy the world, and the ark that Noah built was the sign of God that says it's coming. Before God delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, they were there for over 400 years. He sent 10 plagues upon the Egyptians. The plagues were the signs of the coming of the Lord and the deliverance of coming to deliver his children from Egypt. Before he sent, God sent the Israelites into Babylonian captivity. He sent the prophets Elijah and Elisha. And with their coming, he performed numerous miracles through them to prepare what God's going to do next. And that is his miracles indicated that unless they heed, they would be judged. And here is this. Before he sent his son to be born of a virgin... He put a star in the heavens, and the star was one of the signs of the coming of Jesus. Prior to the star, there were, there were 300 mentions of the coming of Jesus in the Old Testament. You remember in Genesis 19? God said the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah has become a stench, an odor, putrid odor in his nostrils. And I'm going to destroy the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of their perverseness. 
He told Abraham that he was going to do it because he felt like his relationship with Abraham was more than just human to human. And Abraham said, God, would you, would you destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah if there were 50 righteous people? God says, no, I wouldn't destroy the 50. Abraham got all the way down to five. If there were five righteous people, would you destroy the cities? God says, no. And he couldn't find five righteous people. Intervention of God, the warning of God. Sodom and Gomorrah. God's going to send fire and brimstone if you don't get your act together. And God loved and cared so much. See, God doesn't delight in punishing his children. And, and so, just like you who raise children, have raised children, you, you warn your kids a few times. And you say, okay, that's the last time. Now, my mom and dad never taught me mathematics before they beat me. Some parents do. That's one. That's two. I don't know you. Don't even, most of you I don't even know, okay? And the room's a little dark, so uh, I still don't know you. So I'm not trying to offend you. But of course, before you leave here today, one way or the other, I will. And so I'm, I'm saying this business of, of God warning. He sent two angels to warn Sodom. He rescued the family, Lot's family. And so I, I say that, that uh, the beautiful thing about God is the rapture is coming. Jesus is coming back to earth again. And for 2,000 years, he's been warning the world. I won't tell you the day. I won't tell you the hour. But as the Son of Man, he'll come from the, from, from the heavens. As the lightning or the light or the sun shines from the east to the west, you will know that I'm here. Four things I want to build on, and I'll try to move through them with reasonable time. Number one, they'll be on the screen for your knowledge or foreknowledge. Four signs from our text that will define the end of the age. Number one, great spiritual deception. Number two, great political unrest. Number three, great natural disasters. And the fourth are the signs that will define the coming of the end of the age per Matthew 24. Is great religious persecution. Now, now hear this. Today you already know is a Super Bowl football Sunday. You know that. Now let's say, if you know something about football, you know there are four quarters in football, right? As far as how it's played time-wise. And if we use the football analogy, four quarters, and we take each of these signs that I just lifted to you, I wonder which quarter might we be in now? You see, some people have no clue of what quarter we are in. Matter of fact, take it back to the natural and football and the Super Bowl. There's some people going to the Super Bowl tonight who have paid thousands of dollars and they have no clue what building they're going to. They have no clue how much paid for their ticket. They can't even tell you the score. Because, because they don't care. They can tell you. The best place to shop. The best place to eat. They go to the game for the concessions. Can I get a witness? You know that too. How about pastor them foot-long hot dogs at the park. 
Yeah, I've had one, only one. It was $79. Okay, I'll repent after my own sermon. <laughs> hey, listen, tonight, uh, I think the only reason some people are going tonight is the perhaps possibility that they will have their selfie done with Taylor Swift. Hey, you know why some are going tonight? Uh, they don't know and they don't care to know what they came for is the city and the lights and the music and the dancing and the gambling and Elvis. Elvis. I've seen Elvis since he's died more than before he died. <laughs> Let's take the first of the four. There will be a great spiritual deception. Here is the scripture. Matthew 24, 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. It's been going on for 2,000 years. Ever since Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, there have been hundreds and perhaps thousands, even the wackos, who've claimed to be Jesus Christ. He said, many will come in my name. Here are a few examples of those who came in their name, the name of Jesus, calling himself the Christ. Uh, Jim Jones. Uh, it doesn't indict you. I just want to know that I bear witness that you know that. How many of you know the name Jim Jones? Then if you know anything about the name Jim Jones, you know that he hijacked, and that's just a figure speaking, he, he manipulated, if you will, uh, a, a large group of people out of California, probably a little over 900 to 1,000, and, and he did this over a period of years. He took advantage of the handicapped, those who uh, were getting Social Security, otherwise getting aid and money. He took their passports. He took their birth certificates. He took what physically belonged to them and, and maybe uh, sold what uh, he couldn't take physically. And when the, when the government in California started getting close to Jim Jones and what he was doing, calling himself Jesus Christ, he was really a cult. When they were getting close, he had the, the whole shebang of the cult move over, fly over, migrate to Guyana, South America, the town of Jamestown or the province of Jamestown, living in the jungle, difficult to find. And there he carried out his still in the name of Jesus junk. You better know who you hang with, who you listen to, who you read about, and who you watch on TV. 900 and more people, innocent prior, just coming just to get a life. He gave them the Kool-Aid. You've heard that proverb. It's really Kool-Aid mixed with poison. You, have you heard the name Sung Young Moon? Yeah? Articulate, speaks well, looks good, looks like quality. He has called himself Jesus Christ and led many the wrong way. Have you heard the name David Koresh? Waco, Texas, remember David Koresh? Eventually he got his followers, maybe a hundred or more of them, to wind up in Waco, Texas. He called himself Jesus. He, he used the Bible. Let me you know what I find about these male, and of course it's male, calling themselves Jesus Christ. When they get together in a cultish atmosphere, and more times than not, they take advantage of women by having about four or five wives, and they take advantage of teenage girls. Christ is not anywhere near to that junk. And that's what David Koresh did. And because he couldn't escape. Now, I know there are two sides to this issue. I'm not here to debate whether the FBI or whatever did right. I just know what, what David Koresh did. They wouldn't end up all of them in fire if it wasn't for him. I'm moving on since you're applauding me so well. Uh, 
Then you, you ever heard of Marshall Applewhite? I don't need to stay here long, but Marshall Applewhite, his other name was Doe, and uh, his cult was called Heaven's Gate, and he was calling himself Jesus. And, and what Marshall Applewhite was saying, he was, by the way, in a mental institution prior to all this. Duh. He realized that hale Bop Comet was going to come close to the earth in a particular place in California. And he, he said to his followers, we can get to California, we can get closer to the hale Bop Comet. When it comes to the earth, we'll tag on to the end of it and we'll make our exit into a land of rest. They all rested eternally, death, because of the lying Deceiving ways of a man like that. How I many don't know of, a, of, a, of Charles Manson? You heard that name? A serial killer who one time called his name Jesus. Jesus doesn't ask his followers to die for him. He dies for us. Here we go. The false Christ. The, the false Christ, they want to associate with the name of Jesus, but they do not want to live under the authority of Jesus. Uh Boy, I'm meaner now than I was in the first service. You know, if your kid is going to live in your house and eat your groceries and dress in clothes you bought and provide a car for them you pay for insurance, it doesn't seem unlikely that you say, if you live under my roof, you will have to live under my roof. I'm just about worked my way through this whole congregation of offending people, but I got a few of you less. <laughs> the deception is, Jesus, I like your book. I like your people. I like your communion, but I don't care anything about your authority. Here's another thought. Here is the deception. To come in the name of the Lord is to claim that another set of teachings are equal to the teaching of Jesus. No, no, no. You are not a follower of Jesus Christ. If you take one book and another book and say, this is this book and this is this book and this is Jehovah's Witness book and this is the Bible and this is the Mormon book and this is the Bible and I think I'll just take them both. No, I don't think you're anywhere close to serving Jesus. Okay? There's only one authority, one book. Jesus did, <laughs> Jesus did not come to compare our book and their book together. This is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. Jesus died for the book. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, you know, while I'm saying this, have you all heard about, uh, man, this watch stopped. You ever heard about this new thing called Miracle Water? You ain't saying nothing because you don't even got you some. It's on TV, Miracle Water. I'm amazed why Jesus didn't send us some Miracle Water years ago. I could have used some, need some hair, need some height, need some looks. Why didn't Jesus send Miracle Water long before? Why is he sending only through this brother? You know, there are people in India and Africa, and I've been to both continents, and I know them better than where their hunger and starvation of other places. People in India and in Africa and other places in this world would just be glad to get a cup of water. They, it don't have to be a miracle. You got to watch, and you got to listen. Oh, I know some other things about that man anyhow, so I don't say it to you just off the cuff. By the way, I didn't come here this morning to be off the cuff. I didn't come to be an entertainer. I don't mind if you laugh a little bit, but I've pondered over this. And I've prayed over it. 
Now, what I'm telling you this morning is a matter of death and life, hell and heaven. You can discard me and you can take me out of your mind thinking now. And if you, you, you don't need me, what you need is Jesus. And if he uses a poor vessel like this, I'm okay. You know, people say things like uh, enticing words. When people couch thoughts and principles, so to speak, in enticing words, just because it sounds nice doesn't mean it is nice. All road leads to God. <laughs> what you been smoking? All road do not need, lead to God. There's only one road, and Jesus put it this way, Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many that go in it. There's a lot of roads that lead from Sharpsburg to Atlanta, Georgia. But I want to tell you something, friends. The fact of the matter is there's only one road that leads from this earth to the glory world, and that's the King's Highway, and it's the only way to go. Mm, you know, then the people say this. Uh, uh, life is whatever I choose. It's whatever I choose. No, it isn't. Life is whatever I make it. Your truth may be one thing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Is my, your truth, not my truth, vice versa. So think about this. This may be too simple, and it may be worthy of argumentation, but I'm not going to do it from the pulpit. Say I got this person said to me, your truth is uh, your truth, and my truth is my truth. Okay? Here's an analogy. Say we both decide to go out to the Grand Canyon and start stand at the rim of the Grand Canyon. And I say, in a moment, my brother, your truth, my truth. You take your truth and jump, and I'll take my truth and jump. And by the time we hit the bottom of that canyon, we're both dead. Because the truth is there's a law of gravity. Yeah, yeah. Now, say, uh, my truth is not necessarily your truth. Well, okay, here's a glass of poison, and, uh, and I don't believe... See what I put it. And I'll, I'll drink a glass too. We both take it. We're both dead. Because it doesn't work that way. God doesn't say, okay, I'll send you whatever path you Live like you want to. Do like you want to. Drink like you want to. Party like you want to. Cuss like you want to. Fornicate. Adultery. All, all you, you just do because that's your truth. If anything, you see, Jesus didn't come on the earth. So Mel Gibson could make a movie called The Passion of the Christ. Not a bad movie. He didn't come to make no movie. <laughs> he came to save us from death, hell, and the grave. Amen? I guess that's the only truth. Okay, yeah. Oh, here I go. Man, where did I write that in my notes? Truth, 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 truth. You know, recently the Pope of Rome decided that he could tell his priests to anoint and bless same-sex marriage. He's not reading the same Bible we are. He's the Pope. I don't care if he's the... <laughs> the President of the United States, the former President, or the becoming President, whoever it's going to be, they don't have the authority of God to change the Word of God. Yeah. They say something like, like, like the Pope says. It's all in the name of love. It seems love covers everything. No, it doesn't. 
if you don't like this preaching, just get on the computer and type in jcworley.gochurch.com. Everybody with me? Say amen. amen. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, second thought, there will be great political unrest. Are, are you seeing this great, oh my Lord, Matthew 24, 6 and 7. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various Places have you been hearing of wars and rumors of wars lately? Yeah, Jesus said, Don't let all that trouble you because you're okay if you're born again. I I read where presently there are 851 conflicts in 70 countries, And, and we already know because we sometimes hear the news the wars and warlike tensions in the world are presently before us so we know about the Israel and Hamas and Russia and Ukraine and North Korea and China and Taiwan we, we know about those Jesus said they'll come he says nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom let me see if I can give you a clarification if you need it what is the difference between a nation and a kingdom The word nation in the Greek is the word ethnos, from which we get our English word ethnic. So the first type of war is between ethnic groups and ethnic groups. The second word, kingdom, in the Greek is the word basilia and translates into something concrete. In other words, it translates into something with borders. United States and Mexico, United States and Canada, borders. So have we been having issues with ethnic groups and ethnic groups? Borders and borders. Here's a third major point, please. There'll be great natural disasters. The next two verses are, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I don't want to be... Too hard and too much. He said these are the beginning of sorrows. If these are the beginning of sorrows, it must eventually be more intensified. Jesus said his coming and and the, the nature of his coming and the intensity would be as a woman about to give birth in labor. It starts off gradually. And with our first child, Jennifer, who's now, how old is she, honey? You don't either? Okay. That is our first child, isn't it? Uh, she, uh, Jennifer, I think, is 41. So uh, we were at a Sunday night service at Conley, Georgia. We were near the Clayton General Hospital, which is now Southern Regional Hospital. And uh, so Valerie told me she was at the back of the church, sitting in the back. She was a pianist. And she uh, told me she needed to go, you know. And, and this was a different go. And so... Uh, I got in the car and we headed to the hospital, run every stoplight. And see, I had already done this Lamaze thing. How many know what Lamaze is? It ain't no candy bar. The husband goes with the wife to classes and, and, and he, he helps her through the process by, by going to classes. And when they get there, you say, breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay, honey, you know. 
And just the intensity of the labor was so, it got more progressive. So I kept hurrying to the hospital. It was necessary for, for Jennifer to be delivered through the means of a C-section. And so I got there and they were prepping Valerie. And they told me I could come in while they prepped Valerie and all, you know. And so I went in there. They had her on the bed. They had these, these needles and all, the IVs and all. Hey, I turned green. <laughs> I, could, I had to go to the commode in the, in the room. And my mother-in-law came in here and rescued me because whenever the attention moves from the about to live a mom to the husband who, who's about to die, somebody. But I saw the intensity of, of what's taking place and I thought, we well, didn't practice no Lamar's for this. <laughs> Jesus said it's going to get more and more and more intense. But the birth will be the coming of Christ. Let, let me move on. Uh, do you know that the uh, five top five countries in the world who persecutes Christians are these countries, North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, and Pakistan. Again, North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, and Pakistan. That's only the first five. I also read and knew this for a while that more Christians have uh, been put to death for their faith in this last century the, the 1900s, the la then the last, the last 18 centuries, because you'll be hated by all, almost all, for my sake. L let me say this, and I need to say this in kindness. But Jesus said, "I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came to bring to put a, a mother against daughter-in-law. That's always happened. And and I come to uh, come to father against son. I come to get mother and dad. You follow me, Jesus? If you take a stand." Now, I mean this as sure as I'm standing here. Against sexual perverseness in your family, your children, etc. They ain't gonna like you. If you take a, if you refuse to fornicate and adulterate and lie and cheat, and you refuse to adopt this world's way of uh, of morality, transgender, same-sex marriage, and all that kind, and I, I don't know you, so I'm not targeting you. I'm just I know the Bible, and I know the Bible says there's a great likelihood if you stand on God's word, you may have to stand alone, alone. But, but here, here it, where it is. Mm -mm -mm. We, we Christians, we, we need to come out of the closet. You, don't, you didn't hear me. We need to come out of the closet. We need to sit like the Apostle Paul. For I am not ashamed of, I feel a whoop glory coming on. Now, now I was on your time, but now on my time. Because when I go home, I know I'm going to feel guilty about some stuff. But when I go home after a while, if the Holy Ghost can stamp my head with you done good, son, that's all I need. Uh, you know, I used to, I've been preaching almost 40 years and 20 years ago. I used to care what people think. Now I don't even give a flip. Why do you think we got security in this church? It's because of how I preach. So here we are. I, I am saying to you this, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. There's a, there's a clock ahead of me so I can see it. it. tells me when to complete my message. Unfortunately, these are progressive lens, and it's not making a lot of progress. So. And I know there's another service to come, so I'll honor that. But bow your heads. Thank you for, thank you for doing that. We, ladies and gentlemen...
Hallelujah. I'm not trying to cater your consent, but I feel the presence of the Lord affirming you and me as his children. We're in the last quarter. Noah was in the last quarter. The storm is coming. The storm was coming for Noah and his crowd. Somebody says, in order to think that they could evade the storm, they said, well, you know, we've been told it won't come by us. Uh, the storm's coming, but we've been told it's not going to be as intense as it was. And on and on. Excuses for staying in the storm's path to be destroyed. I want, I want to conclude by telling you, Jesus cares about he doesn't care where you've been, what you've done, what you said, who you with last night, how much you drank, and how much you shoot up. Today's a different day. Can I get an amen? A different day. He didn't come into uh, cast you in the dumpster of heaven. There's not such a thing. He came to reach out and take you by the hand and say, I love you. I forgive you. Forget the past. Let's go on together. Having said that, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, and as much as I preached, and, I may, and some of it may not be exactly what you like I'm going to say to you it's out of the love of my heart that I challenge and risk disapproval I don't believe I have that Pastor Allen I just need to get it right with God to get my act together I've gone astray I'm like a sheep wandering in the wilderness by myself without shepherd going astray Pastor Allen I have I've come back to God 14 times I think he's tired of me no he's not tired of you come back a hundred times I'm not encouraging you to sin but I'm encouraging you to obey Pastor Allen, that's me. I need Jesus. I'm not going to dress it up. I'm not going to act like I'm some, somebody. I'm just lost. I need Jesus. And I want to give my life to him. If not me, just raise your hand. It's me, Pastor. And I want to give my hand. Okay, uh, keep your heads bowed. I'm quite convinced that some of you should have raised your hands and you did not. I'm troubled in my spirit that you did not. Then the Holy Spirit has moved that troubling out of me given me a peace for where we're going. I want everybody to cover everybody. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me out loud. And I want to cover those who should have raised their hand, should have stood up, should have said, I need the Lord, but they did not. But I'm going to cover them now if they'll say this and you'll say it with them. One, two, three. Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. I am a sinner. Louder church. I cannot save myself. But you died on the cross to wash away my sins. You took my place. I should have died for my sins. But I thank you for taking my place. And from this day forward, I will follow you. Write my name in heaven's book. So when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Thank you, Jesus. Give the Lord a hand clap, everybody.